portions of our broadcast day made possible by internet media providers, makers of Crosslink. With Crosslink, you can view any Christian television station in the world using Crosslink. For more information, look for the link to internet media providers on this website or app, or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com. Welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. Here we will discuss the contrast between two worldviews, one being biblical and the other being worldly. How does a follower of Christ distinguish between the two? And now here's your host, Cleveland Rhodes. Hello, and welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review and the Save Rich Television Live. I'm your host, Cleveland Rhodes. And I want to thank each and every one of you to be part of this wonderful media experience. And it is a media experience because we are going into so much that um, I can't even explain. And I had to take another show to do it because of the magnitude of what are being done. And, you know, I really got to give God the glory for it because, I mean... Me personally, it couldn't be without him. I mean, I mean, everything is going into place with God's, you know, because I can't do it by myself and the people behind me and support me can't do it. It's him. So I got to get glory and praise and honor and recognition to my heavenly father for giving me the tools the people my family and support that's out there i mean i had to give credit credit due because it's with him he make things possible not me he does and that's really 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 the, the the viewpoint of everything going on you know um i want to almost cup couple things i want to say before i get into this study here and it is a study because it's going to segue to a series that I'm going to be next month that I'm going to be doing. And this is a two-part series that I'm going to be talking about because this is need to be talked about. And why it needs to be talked about because I'm seeing some things here. And it's not me um, really coming to grips about it. Is actually God showing some, showing a lot of stuff, and it's it's being people is being exposed. A lot of people that I know, a lot of people that I seen, a lot of people of of every you no know, you no know, thing that I'm involved in or touch or being you no know, known for things are being uh, happening in the forefront, and I'm not gonna be taking anybody's side on this the only person's side i will take is father god however mature christians that are really bring this out there showing people we have a problem and some people don't want to accept that and why why do they want to accept that kind of, of responsibility well it's because it's something literally wrong with a lot of people's hearts. And 
when you don't understand what's going on with people, you will become an antagonist person. Not even trying to. In a lot of ways that is not really grounded scripturally. I mean I mean not I'm not I mean biblically. Let's just put it at at that for right now because I want to really dig into this. Um if you don't believe me, I mean it's a lot of people like say, Well clearly you're just talking from your your head, your ears here. But don't take my word for it. Because it's some things here that people are saying. But I've been saying this from the from everywhere. And I'm going to continue to say it because this is probably no, this is not possible. This is what God called me to do. And I'm going to let you be the the, the person to determine if this is what is going on here now i'm getting this info from one guys i admire from Rex radio top real i mean straightforward to the point and he's really talking about some things here that is being exposed and you probably want to know, Cleveland, what you talk about. Let him tell you, then I'm going to segue into what is going on here. So you would get understanding on the fact of what is going on here for your listening pleasure. Yes, very bad. Not death. Emotional stress from being locked in a house. Very bad. Not death. Uh, um, domestic violence on the increase. Very bad. Not death. This is Wretched Radio. Uh, that was Governor Cuomo helping us to understand why it is people perhaps you love. Maybe you used to even be friends with them. Why you are disagreeing on coronavirus and way more important why you and i disagree theologically especially perhaps when it comes to the issue of application of theology let us dive in to figure out why we are coming up with a different conclusion to the issue of the coronavirus shutdown open up lockdown quarantine extend it we've got a curve we got a spike how do we deal with this? You've got an opinion. There's probably about 70 other opinions in your life. Why are we coming up with a different response? And the answer to that question will help us understand why we have denominations and why we have fights in the church. Won't that be worth the journey? Please note, disclaimer, I am not, I repeat, not making any sort of commentary on whether we should open up or stay shut down. Yes, I've got an opinion. I am... I'm desperately trying to not even give a hint of what it might be because that is not the point. So if you hear this and you start arguing with me about whether we should open or close, then, then that will have been to miss the point. If you underneath this video start talking about, well, yeah, there's some epidemiologists and the statistics from Italy and what that's not the point. This has nothing to do with whether you should stay quarantined or go get a haircut or not. 
This is about understanding why it is that we have such a divergence of understanding of issues, especially in the church. If and you recall, regarding coronavirus, the lesser thing compared to theology and Christian discernment, I wrote down, easily wrote down, 12 attitudes, 12 experiences, 12 presuppositions that could cause us to have a different understanding of the issue. And I think doing a little math on this helps. Think of this, each one of these issues that you and I can have a difference of opinion on on a scale of one to 10. So if you're at a one on all of these issues and somebody else is at a reasonable, they're at a seven, they're gonna score a 70 after 10 of these markers and you're gonna be at a 10. Now draw your conclusion. Clearly it's gonna be different. That's what's going on with coronavirus. This is a, this is a theological display. This is a worldview display happening in front of our very eyes. When you watch the president or your governor talk about these issues, when you watch Fauci talk about this, there are things behind it. This whole debate on numbers, which is interesting, is going to give us different results because there's so much that goes into making the, dis- the, the decision on how we interpret statistics. And the same thing is true with interpreting the Bible and interpreting situations and interpreting the actions of other believers. So here are some of the reasons we have a difference of opinion. I mentioned our attitude toward death. You heard that loud and clear from Governor Cuomo. Hey, people are getting beat by their husbands, but it's not death. And there's something inside of it that causes the Christian to go, whoa, 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 what's what's going on here? There, 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 there's no weighing of the issue. There's no other consideration for human beings and their safety. He seems rather myopic in his understanding of the issue because he seems to be consumed by death. Now, the Christian grasps that. We don't celebrate. Yay, some people died. Now, caveat, or a little nota bene, rather, Governor Cuomo should be thrilled that the herd is being thinned. That's the evolutionary worldview. All of these people, they're talking like Christians. Hey, we don't want people to die. Hey, that's not what evolution teaches. If you're weak, you've got an underlying issue. You got to go. That's the evolutionary worldview. It's the Christian worldview that says we care. We don't want people to die. Nevertheless, Governor Cuomo and others so concerned about death that they, hey, we'll lock this thing down for two years if we need to. Why? because their filter is one issue, death, particularly their own. What's your attitude about death? What's your theology of death? What's your understanding of death? What's your attitude towards science? Are you you worshiping the idol of science? They've got the answer for all things medical? Or do you think that there's other considerations? Human flourishing. What's going on with people, with the economy, with society? What, what is going to be the proportionality of it? What is the mitigated risk? How do we make that decision? And by the way, an, another subject perhaps for another day, we are going to have to figure this out. There's no question about it. That the unsustainability of shutting down a world, you, you, you can't keep doing that. So we will be working through this, and we will be coming up with some rules about weighing these issues, I guarantee you, we will do it. Now, the only difference will be whether or not we as Christians can lead that conversation and be ahead of the curve, because it's going to be getting worked out naturally. It's happening right now. Uh, serious, it's, it's happening right now. What is the flattening of the curve? Where are we, what, is it, what is an acceptable risk? How many people might get sick? 
Those things are getting worked out in front of us. The thing that we can bring to it is understanding the considerations that go into it and articulating what the issues are that go into the decision-making and that bring about the disparity of understanding of these statistics. Note again, I'm not making any commentary about what is right or wrong or what the number is or when we should or shouldn't. This is so that you and I can be talking about this issue way ahead of the curve, which is going to happen. It's getting worked out even now. It always does. What's your attitude about science, statistics, medicine, government? Here's one. What's your work ethic? What does that have to do with how I understand coronavirus? Look, we bring things to the table, whether we're even aware of them or not. If you love to work, like, oh, I love it. This is just driving you bonkers. And you're going to interpret the statistics in favor of you going to work. If you border on the lazy side, well, you know, it's pretty scary out there. You're going to come up with a different decision. Now, I'm not, again, this isn't a commentary. I'm just pointing out these things are go, going to go into our decision-making process. What is your investment in the stock market that's going to that's going to drive your understanding of the data and when we open and when we close do you have a house is it at risk are you able to make your mortgage payments it's going to weigh into how you interpret the data do you have investments what about underlying conditions do you have them are you over 65 which is which is unquestionably the target demo you're going to bring that to this and you're going to go whoa Hey, I'm 70. I've got asthma. This thing could really kill me. Do you see how you're going to interpret the data different than a 20-year-old who's fit as a fiddle? You're going to bring that in, and you are going to make a conclusion based on some self-interest. We all get that, don't we? It is the way it works, and we need to be mindful of it. Skin color. There's another one that's being discussed right now that the, what they're saying is a disproportionate number of people in the black community who are getting this and dying from this. So if you happen to be black, you're going to bring that in. If you're white, you're going to be more inclined perhaps to not weigh that as heavily because you're not black. It goes into the thinking as we process these things. What is your worldview regarding utilitarianism? Do you, do, you, do you, you know, the ends justifies the means, a consequentialism, a pragmatism. Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to take a look at this and I'm just going to weigh this. And so whatever the cost is for what I perceive to be the benefit, I don't care what it is. We're going to pay it. That's what de Blasio and Cuomo are saying. Doesn't matter. Death, my death in particular, that is the cost we're not willing to pay. So let everything else suffer. Let people lose their businesses. Bad. Children getting beat up. Bad. Not death. You heard the governor yourself. That is worldview pounding into this issue, which is why you're having disagreements with others. Does this perhaps, perhaps help you now as you engage in a conversation with this, with loved ones, with friends, help you to maybe instead of just getting annoyed why don't how, how do they not get this how come what do you mean they want to open up everything what is the matter with them wait a sec they want they want us to wear a mask to bed what you can't figure them out this helps us figure them out so maybe some of the debate 
while helpful at the statistical level, we might do well to dig down a little bit deeper to find out what is their starting point, what is their presupposition to try to level that playing field. Because if you don't have an agreement on these 10 or 12 issues at the get-go, you're not going to have disagreement agreement with the conclusion. So we need to spend more time talking about these issues, understanding these issues, responding to these issues, if we're going to get that issue to have any sort of consensus. Now then, having said all of that, let's remove move from the lesser realm, the, the realm of coronavirus, important, but nowhere near as important as the issue of theology and getting along with your Christian brothers and sisters on theology and living. All right. Now you get what Todd was saying. And it makes a whole lot of sense because, you know, consequently you have to look at the viewpoints of people. You know, one thing he was really coming into, he was talking about worldviews. He was saying it in this, this, this time right now, what we're going through. Uh, with everything else, worldviews are being tested, biblically and worldly. Th- that right there to me is the greatest example of people literally bring in their worldview right now. Now, a lot of people will say, Cleveland, you know, you always talk about people's worldviews. Yes, I do, because this is something that's very, very important to me. But also important to God. Because God is looking at the worldviews of people. Are you biblical or are you worldly? Especially if you are a child of God. And when we come into these things here, we always ask ourselves these questions about Father God and everything's going on. I did multiple series, did a prayer, and also talk about some conscientious things about being seen the glass half full or half empty and a lot of people scrutinized me for you not talking about what's going on with the black community okay you know they wanted us to talk about what happened to this guy that ran from a house and got shot well i don't have time for all that because i'm gonna be honest with you why i have time to talk about something that has been going on with black or black crime or any other things that's going on. That black people in general are not really solving within themselves. That's going to be a waste of time to talk about those things. Because, but, but you have people who are supposed to be black conservatives or black Christian conservatives or whatever you want to say. Are debating on the fact that this is manslaughter this guy these guys killed this guy and that right there is really a worldview coming out is these people saying they are christian or they are um black conservatives or conservatives whatever patriots whatever no let's look at this you know let's take away the conservative and black out of it let's talk about your christian worldview Let's talk about that for a second, because it, when it comes to God, it's not a, a ethnic or a color, no, 
discussion. The, the whole thing really needs to come down to it is that what is your worldview? And a lot of times people don't want their worldview to be challenged. I have a person I know when I went to school with. Oh, my God. His worldview was went completely bonkers on every aspect. And he really tried to challenge me on something I know for a fact that is anarchy. Truth to be told, that's going to that. And you know, a lot of people who's libertarian and everything else, we could go down that road. But I'm not. I'm not trying to even go down that road because that is a distraction. The main, the main thing we are talking about is what's your worldview? What are you thinking about? You see, I've been talking about this for over three, over four years now. And now I'm starting to understand a little bit more about worldviews of people. And hell, Lord have mercy. People's worldviews are very, 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 you know, challenging to the point of praying for them. What is really going on with your mindset when it comes to the issues that God is bringing forth? What is your definition when God is really challenging you on matters that has to do with his glory? You see, these questions come up in my mind a lot because sometimes I could get so sidetracked and go so much into my flesh that I forget who God is in matters that really to matters to him the most and i'm i get really caught up in in the world's way of looking at things until i had to pray to him and it's not easy because when you are caught when you learn you've been taught this in public school or or you get taught like this in your environment your home environment as you are coming from a um no from elementary age to adolescent to adulthood you are groomed to have a worldview now i talk about this in you know my last broadcast about how you see the world you know half full half empty but god sees the world he sees that glass full and all aspects of life we don't do that. I'm be honest with me. I sometimes don't even do that too. And the main reason why I don't, because truth to be told, I get caught up in my own prejudice, bias, and self and uh, self righteousness. All that comes to play. But that's when you have to kill self. And you say, "Oh my God!" He said the word "kill." Yes, die to self because that's what the Bible says all the time, Matthew. So you got to really take the time to understand what kind of worldview are you displaying here. If you say you are a believer or a Christian, in other words, truth to be told, are you a believe? Are you a Christian that follows Christ? Or are you a Christian in name on? But that is for another broadcast. And we'll talk about that later in a few minutes. However, what is your worldview? Because every time we get into the standards of life, we always look at other people's worldview, but never look at our own. We never really challenge ourselves. And it's really kicking. We always say we pray to God and we always... Literally, 
said that God has revealed some things to, to me about certain things. But it could be something that you need to change, not the other person. I'm just saying here, because if you really take the time to think about it, what is your worldview? So let's, let's just think about this for a second here. And, you know, we got to question your worldview. What is a Christian worldview? Talk about this hammering godly for so long. But what is it? And I want you to really take the time to understand. This is a challenge even for me. It's not just for you. It's for myself as well. And I want you to really look at this in, in full circle here. Today's question is, what is a Christian worldview? In this video, I'll answer that question from a biblical perspective. Then afterwards, as always, I'll share some helpful resources. So stick around until the end. A worldview refers to a comprehensive conception of the world from a specific standpoint. A Christian worldview, then, is a comprehensive conception of the world from a Christian standpoint. For example, an apple sitting on a table is seen by several people. A botanist looking at the apple classifies it. An artist sees a still life and draws it. A grocer sees an asset and inventories it. A child sees lunch and eats it. How we look at any situation is influenced by how we look at the world at large. Every worldview, Christian and non-Christian, deals with at least these three questions. One, where did we come from and why are we here? Two, what is wrong with the world? And three, how can we fix it? A prevalent worldview today is naturalism, which answers the three questions like this. One, we are the product of random acts of nature with no real purpose. And two, we do not respect nature as we should. And three, we can save the world through ecology and conservation. A naturalistic worldview generates many related philosophies such as moral relativism, existentialism, pragmatism, and utopianism. A Christian worldview, on the other hand, answers the three questions biblically. One, we are God's creation, designed to govern the world and fellowship with Him. Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 through 28 and Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Two, we sin against God and subject the whole world to a curse. Genesis chapter 3. And three, God himself has redeemed the world through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 and Luke chapter 19 verse 10. And will one day restore creation to its former perfect state. Isaiah chapter 65 verses 17 through 25. A Christian worldview leads us to believe in moral absolutes, miracles, human dignity, and the possibility of redemption. It is important to remember that a worldview is comprehensive. It affects every area of life, from money to morality, from politics to art. True Christianity is more than a set of ideas to use at church. Christianity, as taught in the Bible, is itself a worldview. The Bible never distinguishes between a religious and a secular life. The Christian life is the only life there is. Jesus proclaimed himself, the way, the truth, and the life, John chapter 14, verse 6, and in doing so, became our worldview. All right. And that really puts it into a nutshell here. Let's just break this down in a little bit here so you can understand what it means to have a worldview. All right. Now, we already talked about the fact of about a worldly worldview, about certain things that people look at, because this is also from... 
every aspect that we're looking from. Now, let's look at here in naturalism or let's just say atheism. Truth to be told. And this is really what's going on here. Like, where are the product of random acts of nature with no real purpose? This is here is exactly the same thing is going on with people who wants to have random abortions. You see, that's a little, that's a little abortion argument here. And if you say you're a Christian, why would you want to support something that is going into that act of destroying life if you don't have a real purpose for it? That is a real common denominator for a Christian perspective to understand why that worldview is not biblical. But you got people who say they are Christians believe in this pragmatic mentality. And also with this same aspect is we do not respect nature as we should. This is what people who's environmentalists and people who love animals so much more than they love a child. And you got some people say, I love all of those things. But what is your focus point when it comes to have bring a child to this world? You see, this is a, something that people need to come into grips about when it comes to a worldview on aspects of life when it's really directed to what the, what the Bible says. Remember, this is where a lot of Christians get caught up in their own secularism. And when you see that, they just don't understand that they come out of their own environments of where they believe is and never really take the time to question it when the Bible is questioning it and is entirely. I want you to think about that for a second. What does the Bible have to say about these things? Now, go back to the first question. We are the product of random acts of nature with no real purpose. This is where people come in and think about abortion. And you got people who say they are Christians who support people who wants to have abortion. And that right there brings in is biblical worldly. It brings out the worthiness of a person because of the naturalism coming out of them. Let's go ahead and go to number three. We can save the world through ecology and conservation. See, that's another part of that. This is why we got all these different things. Save the planet. These uh, um, CO emissions kind of crap. And I, I is it is crap, and you know environmentalism. You know, save the animals. Uh, you know, need to be vegans and all this other stuff going on. This here brings up a lot of these philosophies, like real, uh, no, no, realism and you know, existentialism, the pragmatism and utopianism. Now, let's look at these isms for a second here. You know, you got a lot of atheists who are say they they realists, but it's a lot of Christians who say that I am a realist. I got people like I said, I have a, a person I know from going to school act this way now. He he's been very very. Let's go to the part of being pragmatic. He, he says a Christian. How can you go into the Bible? And you bring out 
something that's totally against what the word God said. I mean, just simple as that. You know, existism. I mean, we exist for a reason to really uh, cultivate the planet. That's a lot of people are really believing. That's why they want to fight for these, you know, have it, um, you know, climate change. This is where climate change and stuff comes from. You know, of course, pragmatism is like people who don't really care about life itself, but we have a purpose to really try to take out life that needs to, like I said, thin the herb, if you want to call it. That's what people love death. And, you know, back to ethnic groups. A lot of ethnic groups celebrate death more than they celebrate life. They say they celebrate life, but they really celebrate death because if you celebrate life, you would enjoy life fully what the Bible said. If you are a Christian. Now, people in the world are not going to accept this truth. But if you are a Christian, you're supposed to be celebrating life. That's why Jesus died for us to celebrate life with him in that glorious day. But we, he, he got to be your Lord first. And that's another thing about utopianism. <laughs> Everything got to be perfect. You know, look at uh, places like Google and Facebook. You know, if you go to their campuses in Mountain View, California, or Silicon Valley, California, and you look at the campuses, it looks so perfect. And I mean, literally perfect. I mean, you could go there and you see professionalism, humanly speaking. Not God, but humanly speaking. But they don't recognize God. But they said that we want to build a better place for everyone to enjoy. But when someone brings God into the forefront about stuff, they want to take you out. <laughs> Literally. Because you going against their community standards. That's utopianism. And people don't get that when Christians want to fight people in, on, on, on their platforms to really bring in a biblical worldview to a platform that's not biblical. Why? Why, why are we arguing with people that don't want to hear the truth anyway? How come we just simply need to pray for them and walk the walk that God, Christ called us to walk? I mean, come on. This is why it comes to a Christian worldview. And we got a lot more examples of this here. No, thinking about it. On the other hand, there's three basic questions on Christian biblically. These are questions here. What are God's creation designed to govern the world and fellowship with him? That's in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 to 28. That's why God said he gives dominion. God gave us dominion to govern. Not to control, to govern means he have, he's in control, but he give us the, the means to govern it in his will. A lot of people don't. A lot of people need to read the word more on this because this is what God called for man to be, to do, to have a relationship with him about. So that's why we got to understand worldviews. Now, number two, we sin against God and subject. To subject the whole world to a curse, or subject to the uh, the world with a you know to a curse. This is Genesis chapter three, the fall of man, and this is really important here to really understand. 
a lot of people who are claimed to be Christians in name only. I'm saying this loosely because this is going into my series next month. It's really sad that these people are not truly believers. And when you see that, it's almost like wolf in sheep's clothing. That's the truth. And when you have that going on, oh, Lord, have mercy. This here brings up the, the common denominator of why we need God in our lives. Because the way we think is so screwed up. I mean, it's a, it's, I'm not going to say it's skewed because that's so lightweight. It's screwed up. It's messed up to the floor up. That's why Jesus got to come in and clean up. But he got to regenerate a new man in you to do that. But we think that we got the new man in us. Through, his, through Jesus Christ. We don't. A lot of us don't. Because a lot of people are good in walking out to be a fake Christian. It's a lot of people out here doing that. <laughs> and it's proof when these things was going on now come to foreplay. I mean, it's seriously truth. Because if you look at how people act, their worldviews are coming into display right in front of you. And you can't even see it. Because maturity has to be much more very, very directive when it comes to the biblical worldview. I mean, this is the truth to be told. You got to get out of the milk and start to eat r regularly until you can eat meat. And a lot of times, a lot of people can't handle what kind of meat it is when it's coming from God. But also, too, the main objective about this is because God himself has redeemed the world through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. You know, that right there is Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and Luke chapter 19, verse 10. And we'll only, will one day, restore creation into the former uh, perfect state. Because we in a fallen state. That's in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17 to 25. Now, this is the worldview of a Christian supposed to be. We have more absolutes that's coming from God. Miracles coming from God. Human dignity coming from God. And the possibility of redemption is coming from God through his son Jesus. What more can you say? It's not all these other things to add. But this is here. This really, 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 uh, really comes to play here. And a lot of times, not, you know, a lot of people don't really ask the questions about why they believe what they believe. So I'm going to do this here to really put it out here. A lot of people are not going to like it. And I'm going to put this on, you know, on our website. No, on rcrnetwork.com. And this is the truth to be told.
I'm going to put this test out here. And this is a real test of how secular you really are. I took this test too. Boy, <laughs> I took this test years ago. And when I took the test, I literally was shocked of what my worldview was. Then I started to really ask God to show me what I need to do to change all that. And um, it's really, really, really hard for me. It was hard. I mean, literally it was. Because everything about life has a denomination but don't have any weight behind of it when it comes to Father God. Because it's 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 a question here that people need to ask yourself. And you need to really read this. Like for one, this is the first question. Can you marry your relation? Number two, did kangaroos live in the Middle East, you're like, wait, but this don't make sense. Uh, let me keep you on going here. Number three, which of the following best illustrates the prehistoric, uh, prehistoric animal? Alligator, mammal, brontosaurus, none above. You're probably like, huh? Has God told us when he made the Tyrannosaurus rats? Number five, Tyrannosaurus Rex has teeth up to 15 centimeters long. How would the, this dinosaur originally have been described? Good questions, right? This is where was the Garden Eden located? Okay. And see, see, a lot of people don't understand that you have to, now you got to dig deep. Which of the statements is more accurate? The Bible contains the, the word of God. The Bible is the word of man. The Bible contains the word of man. The Bible is the word of God. And the Bible became, becomes the word of God as you read it. It's getting a little bit deeper here. Number eight, creation scientists and evolutionary scientists. Good question. A. Use the same evidence but different pre-substitutions. B. Use different uh, pre-substitutions and this, uh, different evidence. C. Use only evidence and no substitutions. 4. Use only pre-substitutions and no evidence or enough above. Number 9. Most theologians who don't do not take Genesis literally are A. Obtain their ideals from the Bible itself. B. Are interpreted Genesis consistently. C. Are influenced by ideals outside the Bible. Or D. None above. 10. To completely and properly understand Christian doctrine. One needs to A. Read the book of Genesis. B. Believe the main parts of Genesis. C. Believe and understand the book of Genesis. Or D. Believe those parts of Genesis quoted in the New Testament. 11. Darwin. 
Mike uh Mike Coppin to man evolution is a I believe B a religion C not observable or testable D all of the above E none of above twelve the book of Genesis is a the foundation of all major Christian doctrines B historically narrative C the most quoted from and relate to by a book a ready to book in the entire Bible D all of the above E none of the above and finally 13 the mean of sin it depended on hmm, a a little garden B a little serpent fruit and Adam C a little rebellion D all of the above E all none of the above now think about this the purpose of the test is actually teaching the person involved of thinking in a particular way. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Now, from my experience, I have found, uh, no, found all of us, myself included, has have a secular of one degree to another. You can see the, the, the essence of the two worldviews, Christian and secular. You can see this. By Christian worldview, I mean all of the thinking of a person in every state or every area starts with the word of God, the Bible, as the foundation of their thinking. By secular worldview, which is worldly, it means that you think of things totally of human sources. Now, a lot of people will say, Cleveland, that is really, really callous of you to say that. All right, you can beat me up with that, but come on, we gotta real be real, real honest with ourselves here. I want you to listen to Pastor Ken, no Kevin Myers, when he breaks this down about worldviews that a lot of people are really are talking about, but never really conscientiously see what's going on here. I want to just take what we walk through in Scripture, and I want to give you a Christian world view. Now, I'm going to do this probably a little too fast, but, but you do your best uh, to, to follow along. A Christian world view. What, what Peter just walked us through is the reality that, that God is the center. This is a God-centered world. That's a Christian worldview. It begins with God. And then we know that God created. And because God created all things, we are here on purpose. We are not here on accident. But in truth, there is sin. That is, we have all sinned. And because we've sinned, we've brought death upon ourselves. The consequences of sin is death and all of us have sinned. But in God's amazing love for us, he sent a Savior. And that Savior, of course, is his son, Jesus. And Jesus came to provide the solution, the restoration, to cover our sin debt. And therefore, we have what Scripture calls salvation. And Peter's referring to this. And this salvation is unearned. Jesus made this all possible for us. And because of this salvation through Jesus, though we have sinned, this God who created us, who loves us more than we could ever know, promised us the gift of heaven. That's what we just read at the end. That is to say that heaven is our home. That's why we live on earth as strangers. And therefore, earth, for us, earth is kind of like camping. 
I, I know, no, how many of you have ever been camping? Just, uh, just raise your hands. How many of you ever been? Of course, and you know that when you go camping, it's temporary. That, that's what he's telling us. In fact, we could just kind of take a moment and draw it out right here and say, the point being is that when we're on earth, earth for us as Christians, a Christian worldview, is that this is temporary and we are looking forward to heaven and heaven is our home. And that sets a particular belief, position, and framework or perspective view of suffering as well as all the other questions that we're going to ask during this six-week series. And then what God has told us is that as Christians, as followers of Christ, that's as good as my pictures, my drawings are going to get, this is us on earth and you should be holy in the midst of a world that doesn't believe what you believe. You follow Christ, the rest of the world does not. So in the midst of this world, you have a distinct Christian view, Christian worldview. And because of this, your heavenly Father, make sure you get this, your Father answers your questions. So when we're answering these frequently asked questions, your worldview sets up how you answer And our Father in heaven is the one who gives us guidance, gives us the answers. That's why we look to the Bible, God's word, to guide us in this. And because of that, if you go back to the series that we did together this past August, we talked about rules, and therefore this becomes a God life. God is the the author of my life. I surrender my life to him, so it's God's life, and it's God's rules. Now, that's a really quick, rudimentary kind of overview of a Christian world view. That's completely opposite of a non-Christian worldview. So if I go over here and I go, okay, there's a non-Christian worldview, and some of you hold this view. But it's important to walk through so you understand how you answer the questions is based upon your worldview. So if we apply this across, in a non-Christian worldview, there is no God. Because there is no God, he's not the creator, and so everything came about by a big bang or, or evolution or whatever your theory is. But know this, that this is based on faith. A Christian worldview is based on the facts, the reality of what we live in with faith in God, meaning God gave us all the evidence of his existence, but we've never seen him. However, when you say you don't believe in God, you have to be a non-Christian, an atheist, by faith. Because there's all the evidence of God, and it points to him, and it takes faith to dismiss him and deny him. Everybody's worldview is based on faith. So we keep walking down the line. Therefore, in a non-Christian worldview, there is no sin. Therefore, there's no need for a savior. Therefore, there's no salvation needed or required. Because of that, there is no heaven And there is no hell to be concerned about. No accountability, no concerns. You see the obvious parallel. Therefore, earth becomes home. (laughs) I I, I know some of you are already getting this. You're like, I get it, I get it, but I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Therefore, when they look at the world, earth is their home. And, and if you're, uh, you have a non-Christian worldview as one who is uh, among us on earth, then your view is, I'm here not to be holy, but to be happy. 
And, and, and this whole thing about heaven up here doesn't even exist. It, 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 it's irrelevant. It's just a figment of other people's imagination. And, and, and you kind of think it's, it's sad that, that they have that view. But you're down here to be happy. And because of that, how you answer the questions in this kind of be happy world is that feelings, and this, this is a simple but clear way to say it, feelings answer your questions. Yet whatever you feel, whatever desire you have, whatever rises up in you, you base your answer on those feelings. In a, in, in a Christian worldview, it's our Heavenly Father. He answers, he gives guidance to those questions for us. And so because of that, which is why we talked in the August series, it becomes my life, my rules. Now, this layout here between the two should make some sense, and it would be Somewhat easy if all of us were just in one or two camps in terms of understanding life. But in reality, it's more complicated than that. In fact, there's more than, than two or three worldviews. But, but I want to show you something that, that, that adds to the complexity, and Peter is talking about this. There is a group that combines this Christian worldview and this non-Christian worldview. Literally, he talks about false teachers in 2 Peter chapter 2. And that there are people who embrace a belief in God, but their feelings drive decisions. Culture informs their decisions, sets their answers. And there's great confusion in that. So, so again, let me just kind of draw it out for you. So, so this is a person who might say, okay, earth is my home. <laughs> and simultaneously, heaven is my home. And, and I'm going to have the best of heaven, and I'm going to have the best of earth, and I'm going to use their language, but kind of best stuff. And maybe some of us never really use the language that way. Maybe we, we don't set it up that way. But what we're really doing, as we talked about in the series in August, is this is what we might call a jackalope Christian. This is just a jackalope Christian worldview. Remember I talked back at that series, a jackalope is when you take a jackrabbit and, and, and then you take a deer and you take the antlers off a deer and you put them on a jackrabbit and you call it a jackalope. It's a mythical creature. It doesn't even really exist. And there really is no Christianity that exists where you combine this faith in Jesus with the world's values and bring them into one. And yet many of us find ourselves living that way. And that brings great confusion. And it's informed by false teaching. Our hope in this series is that those of you who are kind of caught right here might make a major move to having your Heavenly Father inform your answers. Honestly, we're not shy about this, that those of you who live here would come here. Because I want to tell you something. When Scripture says be holy, what he really means is be whole. And to be holy means to be whole, and it produces life to the full. It's the most fulfilling life on earth and the promise of eternity with him. Be happy is fleeting, temporary, emotional, momentary happiness that repeated makes foolish decisions and leads to an empty life. It never is be happy. It's just shallow, short-term thinking temporarily on earth and for all of eternity. So we as Christians have a distinct worldview. We are on earth temporarily. We're camping here. This is not even our home. This is our home. And how we process suffering and pain is different than everyone else. Now, I want you to really put this into perspective here, what he just said there. Now, I literally like to add the, the, the way that he explains that to the point of why we are living in this kind of world 
that people try and this is absolutely the truth what's going on people want to have heaven as their home and earth as their home which it brings confusion this is why the people worldviews that you see right now what's going on with the coronavirus uh COVID-19 or all this other stuff is going on even if we did not have COVID-19 God allows this to happen for a reason and that reason of COVID-19 is to really expose worldviews and a lot of people don't get that like I was talking about the one but it's a blessing in disguise it killed a lot of sin at that time and still is but people don't want to accept that people want to really marginalize what God is doing with this kind of epidemic or this pandemic and it's really not something for us to take lightly now we want to place blame on China yes we can we can place blame on China for allow something that's magnitude to happen to their country and allow it to spread to other countries but we don't have time for all that but we know what China is it's an atheist country we could go down that road but what does it mean when it comes to being secular when people are secular into lamer terms they don't come out with the truth on what the Bible is really giving us because everything we do we don't really listen to God so that's why people got these two worldviews this utopianism is in those those two worldviews to trying to miss them up that's why they confuse just ask the person a question about their worldview for one thing they will not understand what you mean by worldview now, I'm going back to some black people. What is your worldview? Huh? What are you talking about? Um, they have to look that up. But this is a good opportunity to teach them. Now, what Todd Frill was saying, theology, a lot, of blacks, a lot of people, a lot of normal people, not blacks, but normal people. And I'm saying this, normal people don't understand theology. They're going to like, what are you talking about, Cleveland? Well, they don't understand the words about harmonics. They don't understand about and grouping of uh, terminology or these things in Aramaic, um, things in Hebrew, all those things. That's irrelevant to some people now. They want lamer terms. They want someone to really be honest with them about these things. Well, they can if they really start reading the Bible. I mean, but see, that's the problem. People don't want to read the Bible. Well, how can they learn to read the Bible if their worldview is not biblical? And if you go and say that I want to lead people to the Lord and disciple them, you got to disciple a person. And this is one thing about people. And I was really amazed about how uh, some false teachers and people in different uh, beliefs Saying that we have got, uh, we say this many millions of people, but never really disciple them. Now, RCR, the Brazilian Christian Radio Network, bring in millions of people, listen to the, the radio network, radio, not television, radio. And, but to disciple a person, you have to put your life into that person. That means, 
everything. When the Bible was written by man through the inspiration of God, that's at First Timothy chapter five. I mean, chapter six. I'm sorry. Let's read that because I the I could tell you. And I think it's Second Timothy. I'm sorry. Let's go into uh, let's go into this because we got to really be really honest with the truth here. And the truth is that, um, man, we, it's really sad that a lot of us, you know, don't really take the time to really ask God for the real absolute truth on things. And I won't be honest with you, we all guilty of this. And we are guilty of it because we need to really ask the a Lord for truth. And I mean, seriously, we do need to really come to reality of this. Because every time we try to um, distinctively place God on the back end of everything. We always try to change and make it look like, no, we are God. That's the truth. I mean, we really do. We do that a lot. And this is here in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I was wrong. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It's kind of funny. I learned this in Sunday school in um in Kansas City and this scripture is absolute relatively what is going on and this is why the word God came to man let's go to verse 10 okay let's read from here then I'm going to bring on why this we, we need this it says here but you have carefully followed my doctrine. This is Paul um, Ryan. Manner of life, purpose, and faith, long suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions. A lot of Christians don't want to be persecuted. You're going to go through that. Afflictions. A lot of Christians don't want to go through afflictions. You'll go through that. Which happened to me in Antioch at Iconium. And Lasiria, what persecutions I endure. Paul is always talking about persecutions a lot because he's trying to show you what it means when the scriptures are being according to God's word being fulfilled and what Jesus had to endure. This is exactly what Jesus endured. He did through persecution. But they said by by his stripes you are healed. That is irrelevant when it comes to the fact that you will get persecuted. I digress in a way. Now, and out of them, all the Lord delivered me. See, Jesus did this. Yes. And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We have to go through persecution. See, this is a biblical worldview of what you have to do to endure it. To we just listened to Pastor Kevin saying it. That earth is our temporary home. 
But if you have earth as your home and heaven as your home, you are falsely, you are you are fake Christian. That's the truth to be told. You are Christian in name only. Let's continue on here. And this is really, really, really profound here. Verse 13. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is going on now. This is what we talk about when you have two different worldviews try to combine as one. And biblically, that's not sound doctrine. It's not. Let's continue on here. Because this is truth here. Because I'm reading from the word of God. This is King James Version. And you could get. People don't have no excuse to read the word. If you say you're a believer. You cannot go through life. Without reading the word of God. If you are a believer. You can't just not pray to God. If you're not a believer. God had to talk to you one way or the other. If you say you are his. I digress. Let's continue on here. But you must continue in. The things which you have learned and being assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Just like Pastor Kevin was saying, you got to have faith in the biblical worldview, to have a biblical worldview, and also have faith. You can have faith to even have a worldly or a non-biblical worldview. It's faith involved. People always think faith is, uh, is, is constituted to biblical. No. Faith in anything is no, it's just an action being Apply because go to Hebrews, faith without works is dead. Everybody used that scripture a lot in in the word faiths uh, realms and and um you know prosperity whatever. That's just nonsense, but that is true. It's in Hebrews. It's Hebrews chapter thirteen. Faith without works is dead. No, I mean come on here. Faith without works. That means you got the uh, access into it. And, um, I mean, ser seriously, and this is really, really, really sad that this is going on in a lot. I think this is what a biblical worldview looks like when you are applying faith to who? Father God through his son, Jesus Christ, and led by the Holy Spirit. You could do that, too, in a non-biblical or a worldly perspective. You could be led by human resources atheistic and non-biblical worldview to have faith in human this is where you think it's no sustained sin and when people do sin it's what kind of sin that you constitute as sin i digress let's continue on here this is where i'm going to get to to really show you why god made this happen and this is why we need to be praying for people who are uh, Christian in name only. Here is verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is, pro uh, is, is what, profitable for doctrine, 
for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This here is the main objective of the Bible. This is the main reason why you have to have the word God to be the centerpiece, which is God talking. God is the centerpiece of everything because it's coming from him. Man did write it, but it was man that was inspired by God to write the word. It wasn't man just in inclination to write, to say, I'm going to write this because I feel. Because remember, go back to what Pastor Kevin was saying. If you are in a non-biblical worldview, you are going along based on your feelings. Now, I want to really bring this out to people, what it means about having feelings. God gave us feelings for a reason. Okay, he does. He gives us feelings for us to really understand him. But we could go along and allow those feelings to dictate our lives, not him. We make our own rules. We make up everything else, but not allow the word of God to be the centerpiece of everything. See, and that right there is dangerous because God is not really doing a work in our lives due to the fact we want to go by our feelings. And that right there is really, really dangerous. Now, what what are these feelings coming from? What is that kind of non-biblical worldview really comes from? Think about it. I want you to really take the time to really look at this. We go now. We still still Second Timothy chapter three. I want you to recognize liberal terms here on this matter to really understand how to really personify the truth on the Bible. Because think about it, you got to take these tests in life. Certain the you know, terminology may sound right, but liberal the, theologians. Okay, you probably want to say, what is a liberal theologian? What is that, Cleveland? What is a liberal theologian? I'm going to the evil Wikipedia because they love it. I'm going to really read what it is. A liberal Christianity, that's what it is. A liberal theology. It's known as, no, it's a movement that seeks to reinterpret it and reform Christian teaching by taking into consideration modern knowledge, science, and ethics. This also emphasizes the authority of individual reason and experience. In other words, this is not biblical. Okay? None of it is because, see, even with the liberty theology, right? What it does... Right. It goes in. And brings in the social stuff in our society that is made through the sin of man. This is why why we need to really understand how we get these worldviews, how we understand these things, how we try to emphasize the truth on what God is saying. 
instead of going into this whole persona for and and just lap that basket into a lie it's a big fat lie when you have people bring in the things that is not of god into the church but see this is why a lot of people don't even go to church nowadays but it, it but that tells you about your worldview because i mean it's a lot of people who are searching for god they want answers about life but they don't understand what they need to do to get there but we got fake christians out here people who say they're christians but they're not and uh it's a it sickens but you gotta think about it your mindset is where you where you got all your where you got all this information from your worldview is your what are you you was lambasking into your the uh your your thinking to how you was taught and i'm gonna be honest with you now i went to school public school most of my life all my life most of my elementary middle school and high school even when i got went to college all of that is public education but nobody never questions the public education where they get this 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 worldview from you know it's harder to really become a christian if you have a worldly mindset a worldly worldview trying to be a christian and not surrender to god nobody never think about these i, I think about it a lot not just thinking about it it just breaks my attention when i need to really challenge my faith into what views i have about god and god had to challenge me through his word and you know what it, it, it really breaks me down because before I didn't take that lightly. And to be honest with you. And you were naive when you realized that God showed me this. Now here's the thing that I want to challenge you for. And before we go a little bit further with this. Don't go around and say God showed me this. And trying to f and use your earthly mind to think this is what God's saying. <laughs> because we do that a lot too. Because we go around. And really think that God say something he didn't. We do. We go around and make make up make up God's thought pattern in our in our earthly brains, but not going to our heart. Means that we need to change our heart so the so the mind will follow. Because we are a worldly evil mind that needs to be re changed. That's why Paul stressed this in Romans chapter 12. But, you know, a lot of people want to say, they, yes, we need to renew, you know, renew our minds. But you don't know what the process to renew a mind is. You have to understand it's a process to renew a mind. And that means that you got to challenge all of your thinking and your process of thinking in order for God to show you things that he wants to show you. If you said you are of his let's continue on here because that seemed like it's a side road but that's not it's actually still on the main road where we headed to because it's a lot of people mindsets are really cluttered with confusion 
you remember you're trying to have a worldly uh, a, a worldly worldview with a biblical worldview all in one that's dangerous because you confuse it's just like go back to Revelation chapter 12 about Jesus talking about one of the churches that says that you should be either hot or cold. Lukewarm, he spits you out. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the truth. He don't like lukewarm stuff. So if you are a lukewarm Christian, you need to change that. But I digress. Let's continue here. Now, you got to understand, once you understand this, you can smell liberal theology or liberal theology because this is what is really bad about liberal theology. It's not biblical. It isn't. For instance, consider the question. Go back to question number seven here. Okay? Question number seven. Which statement is more accurate? The Bible contains the word of God. The Bible is the word of man the bible contains the word of man the bible is the word of god or e the bible become the word of god as you read it remember i'm gonna put this onto the website so you could take this test this test really gonna reveal who you really are that's the truth and with this test, it has oh, so many leanings on truth here. And you have so many Christians will select A on this. Now, while this is correct, but the point is that liberty theologians use the term to mean that the Bible also contains the word of men. Meaning that this session of the Bible is fallible. You know about the word God is infallible, but we do make it fallible when we try to take it out of contents here. And we do this a lot. We always take the word God out of contents, and that's why we always go into these different kinds of rabbit holes in life. Hey, I'm guilty of this too. That's why God challenged me. He said, Cleveland, you cannot continue on this road. And you have to really question yourself, what role are you talk about, Lord? The role of confusion. Now, the statement of faith is for the large denomination. You know, we talk about the liberty, you know, allows liberty interpretation of scripture to try to give people to understand that a lot of this stuff here has so much obscurity here that it's dangerous. It's not even sound doctrine. And that's why we are in this, let's say, cluster of confusion. The worldview that's going on has so much weight. This is who we are as believers. You know, everything in life can't always be utopian. But God brings you his truth. Because remember, we live on this earth temporarily. We do. So how can we de-secularize our thinking? Man, think about it. Being secular and secularized, you means that you're taking the ideals of the Bible outside of its real content. 
you base your total human sources only and oppose the ideas of scripture no matter what so when you look at it because you're being indoctrinated to believe that from secular books television programs you name it even from radio you believe in that secular humanistic aspect now the bible is really absolute truth and that truth comes from the word of god so why do we always try to define things that god is saying and never question the world we never do see we got to question everything we learn because if we don't do that then how will you know that you are following along with god saying on the the real of the truth behind all this because things about god comes to foreplay especially when you see what's going on even now when the worldviews are being tested i mean it is really really beyond a reproach now when you don't test the worldview it is if you say you are a believer now why do i keep saying if you say if you are a believer because you got people who are christians in name only which that will lead into my series next month. Because, I mean, you got to understand, these worldviews is just not something you do casually. You have to understand these worldviews, right, defines who you really are. What is a Christian name only? It's like a cultural Christian, a nominal Christian. Back to say a liberal Christian, like liberal Christianity, liberal theology, is someone who professes to be a Christian in public but has a considerable lack of knowledge about the basic tenets of one's professed faith, often known it only for what is half remembered from Sunday school or from pop cultural osmosis. Now, this includes ignorance of the contents. Of the Bible in general and may specifically involve or include not being able to name the four Gospels, the Ten Commandments, or even the fast that Jesus Christ gave the Sermon of the Mount. They may hold beliefs contrary to the teachings of Jesus, include considering abortion, special rights for homosexuals, social justice, gun control. Adultery, cohabitation between unmarried people to be morally acceptable. And folly, situational ethics rather than the absolute morality of the Bible. This is Christian in name only. Not Catholic in name only. Because these people use the thing called Sino, which is S-I-N-O or C-I-N-O. And continue on here. And this is true. They also may believe in other ways to obtain salvation rather than accept Jesus as one Lord and Savior or otherwise dismiss core Christian doctrine regarding salvation, such as the need for forgiveness. And this is a very good point about forgiveness. People nowadays, especially about that 
that uh, video came out, I want you to really think about this long and hard here about what happened to that guy. Why did they wait all the way to the time of all this stuff happened to bring that out to make it national news? See, nobody never sit down and really collectively think about it because you have blacks get killed every day. Not only did they get killed every day, it's also being killed by other uh, blacks too or other ethnic groups as well. So you have so many leanings tried to use this one particular thing because this guy was running from the house and they say he was a jogger. Um, that right there tells you your heart is not right. It is because if your heart is right, you got to look at the whole scope of things. Why it took this long or how come they bring it out to keep blacks at bay? That's what I want to say. And this is why you got to understand what does the biblical worldview, if you're a Christian, have to say about these things? What about forgiveness? It didn't happen to you. It happened to that man. Is he right with God? Is he a brother of Christ? Anything. Nobody have not sit down and ask these questions here. Now, if he is of the world, well, you know what the world thinks. You should be surprised. But if he's a believer, you need to be praying for the family more than you need to worry about what's going on with him. If he's with God and he have not done anything wrong, then let God be the one make that happen, not us. I'm going to leave it there and we will go on a little bit further here. Let's continue. They made they made themselves live according to lifestyles, choices, condemning by scripture or hold up others who do so as good Christians role models, thereby rendering them their Christian witnessing worthless or even damaging damaging. I'm sorry. Now, when challenged on their views with passages with passages of the scripture with the quotations from scripture christian name only if they believe in god at all often respond to unsupported assertions as what god really wants or with the bible passages that are interpreted beyond recognition this here was the role I was on when I know I was a right with God. Well, and I, let me put this here what I mean by right with God. When I was not saved. When I was not, when I was not saved, I was trying to find unsupported uh, assertions and trying to interpret the uh, things that is not of the word God. Because if you are a Christian, you're going to go right back to the source. And that is the word God. But I didn't do that. If you are a Christian in name only, you will do exactly the idea when I was not a Christian, when I was not a believer. And that will be use unsupported assertions. And, and, and I mean, just go beyond the scope of what the Bible really had to say. No, I, I, I hear this a lot with a lot of people. When they you know, especially goes back to the person who's supposed to be a Christian. 
They always want to go to the server of the mount. They want to use today's what Jesus said about these things about politics and things like that. But goes back to what I was saying here about a worldview. Politics will be your focus point. But it's not your end point if you are a biblical, uh, uh, if you are a biblical Christian. That's the point. And this is why we need to really take the time and look at the Bible and read it for its true contents instead of our own interpretation. Let's continue here. Christians in name only, especially those motivated by liberal politics, have proved to be such an embarrassment that commit Christians that, that committed Christians are now seeking new terminology to replace the terminology that Christians in name only has appropriate by thereby distinguish themselves for from Christians in name only. Because if you really look at it, a lot of them do assert themselves in disbelief. Look at this. I want you to look at this in full circle. In Christian and they only and on liberal politics here, and this is true, I'm gonna read this here. They do this. Christians in name only are commonly liberal uh, are common in liberal politics. Sometimes they may attempt to justify their liberal political views through loose paraphrases of the Bible and leaps of logic. Let's say going from Christian communities describing in acts and call for the welfare state. You know, that try to you have people now trying to say we need to let go of these prisoners because of, of COVID-19. Now, if they was so much care about the welfare of people, the prisoners, they would not be in prison. Right? If they were so caught up don't want to be in prison and they got caught because they was breaking the law or they did something against another human person murder whatever what makes you think that um getting them out of jail is is thinking about the dignity of life well they didn't think about the dignity of life when they did the crime so why won't think about the liberty uh, the dignity of life when it had to do with COVID 19 See, you see, this is a worldview issue here. I just want you to think about that for a second. There's still a little bit more here. They may, they, they may at other times abandon any pretense of the Bible that has anything to do with the, their views. In some cases, explicitly deny it to, uh, it does identify as Christians, quote, quote, Solely to advance in liberal political circles or for identification with the side of the cultural war. They also often attempt to turn Christianity into a purely and predominantly secular political movement. Emphasizing social justice and other notions that, have, that are completely unmoored from biblical based Christianity or Bible based Christianity. I'm sorry. But this is the truth here. The whole personification is mainly referenced into their feelings, in other words. Social justice is a feeling. Um, identification, uh, identify politics or identify Christianity is a feeling. 
This is going to be part of the series we will be talking about next month. All of this here is film-based. It's not biblical-based. And when you have things that are biblical going against worldly, the people who try to bring biblical and worldly together are the most confused and out-of-touch people you ever met. Literally. And you wonder why they always talk around truth instead of actually injecting the truth from God himself. This is why we have to be very careful who and what and what we talk about. The who is the people that we are around. A lot of times we don't want to go around people that challenge our thinking. And I understand that some people who think not biblically, you don't need to be around them. But do you really want to say that their thinking is charging you to look at the Bible more instead of look at the world more? Think about it like this. Nowadays, if you talk about anything that's of truth that you did research and you study and you analyze and you bring in what God is saying, they call you a conspiracy theorist. Oh, and this is people who say they're Christians. But if you are so much of a conspiracy theorist, define conspiracy. Okay? If it's coming from the word God, you saying that the word God is, is a conspiracy thesis? Then that tells you your biblical worldview. Is it really biblical or worldly? I want you to really think about that for a second. Because if it's biblical, <laughs> why does the world have its hands into the Bible? I want you to think about that too. See, a worldview has to be tested. No matter if it's biblical or worldly. God will test every worldview that you have in your heart. Not your mind, in your heart. And a lot of times in the heart of people, that's where the real test comes out. That's where the reality of the person comes out. And when that comes out, a lot of people don't like what they see. And that's why the word God is absolute. And it's so absolute. It challenges your thinking. It challenges your heart. It challenges who you are. Those challenges comes into play. No matter how much you try and say or do, those challenges come to play because everything about it has to do with the word of God. And that's why we have to embrace God fully instead of try to subjectively try to get him to embrace us. And that's why we really have to be challenged. I mean, we could get so, so sacrilegious that we know earthly good. And people say, what do you mean? Because how would God use you on earth to, cl uh, to glorify his kingdom? Let's ask these questions here for a second so you can understand here. If you are so biblical, then you should be able to glorify God, glorify him about his kingdom. That's one thing. If you're so biblical, you should be able to not be ashamed of the gospel when it comes to people who don't want to hear the gospel you don't have to really have to say i'm a christian 
You have to walk, talk, breathe, think, do as a believer that is the God in you, the Father God in you to do these things. Number three, if you say you are biblical, have a biblical worldview, it shouldn't matter about politics or things that's come up because from finances to political issues, your worldview will be more close to what the world what the world has to say or what the Bible has to say. If you are biblical, you will be more into the word than less into the world. The world has no answers about anything when it comes to real issues. The Bible do if you are a, a, a child of God. Number four, if you really take the time to understand this, this is really going to put the icing on the cake here. If you say you are a Christian, then the things that are against God, you should hate it too. That's sin, all types of sin, things that God command you to do, you will do them. If you don't do it all right, God will do the Holy Spirit will lead you to that truth to do it right. And you don't have you not going to have qualms against God about it. If it tells you if it tells you to do what is God, because remember, God do chasing those that he loves. And he tried to tell you to do right. He loves you. That must want you to do right. That makes you that. I mean, you got to really look at this in a full circle here. If God really loves you like you say he does, then the thing that is always questionable, you want to keep his commandments. How much more are we say we are of a God if we keep his commandments? Now, are we going to do it correctly and all right all the time? Not unless you let the Holy Spirit show you how. That means that you have to have the Holy Spirit to lead you to it. If you don't have it, then you're not of God. That's plain simple. It's not something you, you could sugarcoat and have a gray area in. So you have to really take the time to look at what the word God had to say. Instead, instead of trying to... Make it to do what you want it to do and not take the time to ask God for his truth, not yours. Now, I want you to think about it here. This this the second part of this next week. I'm going to make sure I do it next week for real. That this truth that God has been explaining about having a worldview because everybody has it. It will challenge you to change. Now if you never change your mindset. Or anything you do in life. But you claim to be a Christian. Do you really change? Or are you mentally believe that you change? Now I know a lot of people say. Oh clearly we get too deep here. Well how deep a rabbit hole can we go. When we know for a fact that the word God is absolutely true. And every man is a liar. Give that to the reason we need to really test fruit and spirits. Because we could go out here and think this is a true statement about God. But it probably don't have nothing to do with the word God. And I'm not saying I'm just saying this. But 
let the word God challenge your thinking today. If you are a child of God, pray to God, pray to him and ask him to show you what you miss, what you are lacking in. And how can you correct that area if you are his? If you're not his, this is a great opportunity to really become his. Because nine times out of ten, you live in the world of uncertainty. We live in this world of uncertainty each and every day. And we always want answers, but we don't know how to get them. And you hear what I'm saying or anyone else is saying about what the word God is saying. You say, well, I have listened to that before, but and that's and the rest of it doesn't mean anything else. So the but need to really come to resonation on what you do believe and why you need to have Christ as your Lord. And it's really simple. It's a real simple thing to really think about. Ask yourself this question. Is my life better with or without God? Now, a lot of people will ask that question saying, well, define that. Do you need to have a list of things that will make you wonder, okay, my life is this, 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 but if I have this and that and these are those, is that really what I want or need? So that's why you need to question your life. Is your life better with or without God? And a lot of people will say, well, it's better with God. We'll define that. And once you define that, let the Bible or let God ch chase you to understand that you need him. The more you go and get closer to him, the better your life will be with him. Without the world way. Because the world will give you so much temporal stuff that soon you're gone. You could be right before God. At the great, great white throne adjustment. And that right there is a bad sign. Because you're going to hell. So you probably heard so many people want to lead you to the Lord. And the thing is. It's not really something casual to do. You have to really truly. Let go. Of one master. To go to another. And that is to let go of the worldly ways that lead you away from God to rebel against him, to become his child and allow Jesus to be your Lord. The more that you see that he becomes your Lord, he will guarantee will save you. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Then once you do that, you need to really start to allow the Holy Spirit to show you the word. Not go by what your mind that you've been taught for so many years to believe. You got to go by and allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. That's God doing that. And once he does, the word God will come absolute truth to you. It happened to so many people that is literally walking in faith of a biblical worldview so that's all i have tonight 
I want to thank each and every one of you to be part of the biblical editorial review. We got our part two of what is the worldview part two, which is going to really dig a little bit deeper about why these worldviews are happening and being exposed so deep right now on who is truly a child of God or who is claimed to be a child of God. Stay tuned. We got much more to go on the Biblical Editorial Review. Portions of our broadcast day made possible by internet media providers, makers of Patriot. With Patriot, every news channel in the world is at your fingertips. The Patriot. For more information, look for the link to internet media providers on this website or app, or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com. Thank you for listening to the Biblical Editorial Review. We hope this broadcast has challenged you to see this world from God's perspective. Tune in next time for another Biblical Editorial Review. The Biblical Editorial Review with Cleveland Rhodes is copyrighted by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.